0: It goes without saying that workforce experienced a cataclysmic shift to remote models due to the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020. Businesses were forced to digitalize in a matter of days, a process that would have taken traditionally months, if not years. With the entire workforce working from home, cyber attackers saw this as an opportunity to step up their criminal activity and exploit vulnerable employees working from home or remotely. In today's Podchat for Future CIO, we cover the delicate debate between privacy and enterprise resiliency. With us today is Jonathan Jackson, Director of Sales Engineering for Asia-Pacific and Japan at BlackBerry. Jonathan, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO.
1: Ellen, great. Thank you. and Good to be here.
0: Okay, let, let's start off with the definition. What is cyber resilience?
1: Cyber resilience is something that's, uh, you know, come about over the last, you know, certainly about the last three or four years. It's something that's front of mind for a lot of organizations today, especially if you speak to CIOs or CSOs or CISOs. And effectively, cyber resilience is an organization's ability to respond to, prepare for, and recover from a cyber event or a cyber attack. It helps you to protect against uh, cyber risks that happen in the world defend against and minimize the severity of those attacks. Essentially, cyber resilience is about being able to survive a cyber attack and be able to bounce back from an organizational perspective.
0: Why should enterprises care about cyber resilience?
1: As you mentioned in the beginning there for the preamble, yeah, the world has changed, especially with regards to you know COVID nineteen and the way that we, we work, we we interact and the way we need to go about our business has changed significantly in the last you know two years or eighteen months. The reality for us though is the security landscape has changed. We see threat actors out there exploiting vulnerabilities in networks, vulnerabilities with users, vulnerabilities with applications. And because that threat landscape changes so much, we've got to make sure that we've got an approach to a business model which is flexible to be able to allow for resiliency with regards to cyber events. So it's incredibly important for organizations to care about cyber resilience, and it is definitely something that needs to be front of mind for everybody in this day and age.
0: Now, you mentioned cyber resilience has been around for three, four years, so longer than the COVID pandemic. What is different about cyber resilience during the COVID pandemic as opposed to what it was when it started out, uh, as you say, three, four years ago? Mm
1: -hmm. The global pandemic has caused businesses to change the way that they do business today, the way they engage with their customers, their partners, their supply chain, everything. Because effectively, what happened is overnight, the whole entire workforce had to go and work from home or work remotely. In most cases, that is still the is still true, right? If you look across, you know, Hong Kong, Singapore, Indonesia, even here in Australia, a lot of organisations are still not able to really get back to work. Now, what happened instantaneously, almost overnight, in sort of January, February, March timeframes last year? is that everybody had to digitize everything. So the idea of coming into the office no longer existed. You had to take a a laptop home. You were connecting to unsecured home Wi-Fi networks to be able to still get your jobs done, still accessing corporate information, confidential information. And all of that created a really, really big challenge for a number of organizations. The COVID-19 impact to businesses from a cyber resilience perspective has really exposed the attack surface. You know, we've seen threat actors really pivoting towards vulnerable that COVID-19 has caused and some of these are really simple things like just having to open remote desktop protocol packets or RDP to the internet right so this is a very very easy way for threat actors to gain access to systems and to be able to deploy things like ransomware and malware and stuff which we see happening all the time so COVID-19 has caused a significant challenge for organizations both from an operational perspective risk as well as with cyber what are
0: the components that make up cyber resilience
1: When I talk about cyber resilience to organizations and also governments as well, I I talk about, I I try and keep it simple. I try and talk about just four key components. So for me, those would be preparation or prepare, prevention, detection and response. Or you can maybe say either response or recover, but I'll I'll get to that in a little bit of time and why there's a slight difference. So in terms of preparing for cyber resilience, you basically looking at be able to manage and assess and identify all the risks that are in your network, your systems, and those will be across every including your people, your data, your assets, and even into your supply chain. So things that go into the preparation phase for cyber resilience would be things like what are you doing with regards to you know employee cyber awareness training, for example. What are you doing with malware protection or ransomware protection? What is your patch management policy? What are you doing with privileged access controls in your organisation? Things like supply chain risk management, asset management. All those sort of elements need to come together as part of the preparation phase. Then we'll move into the prevention phase. So you know there's a, a very well-known saying that you know an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And the word prevention is used alongside other capabilities such as detection and response to compare the capabilities of a solution that basically stops a threat before it has impact versus one that detects a threat after it has actually impacted your organization. And then it's able to mitigate the damage. But obviously not all prevention is equal. So the goal of prevention is to stop a threat in its tracks. And we talk about the cyber kill chain. So really early on in the cyber kill chain, really stopping threats before they even execute in your organization. This can be done very effectively with technologies with artificial intelligence and machine learning models which can adapt to be able to work out what is known good and what is known bad and stop that from executing in your organization. So that's the prevention phase. The third one would be around the detection phase for cyber resilience. The detection phase is all about being able to do things like active threat hunting, active detection, understanding what anomalies exist in your organization, things that look like a little bit more complicated, things for which organizations struggle with because we're definitely seeing a lack of skills shortage in this area around things like digital forensics, Incident response, compromise assessments, red teaming, and all those sort of cyber terms. So that's all about the the detection phase. And then the final one is really you know the respond phase or recover. Respond is really the way that an organisation needs to deal with all sorts of interruptions, whether it's a cyber interruption or it might be a critical event uh, that happens. You know it might be a uh, an emergency incident or it could be a network outage or it could be a you know a physical or a cyber attack. Within that re- responding phase, you really looking to make sure that you can communicate with your people in times of the crisis to be able to make informed business decisions and this is an absolutely crucial part of cyber resilience planning and capability is basically your ability as an organization to respond and recover to events as they happen so those would be the, the, the four main ones preparation prevention detection and response
0: It's very interesting. It looks very similar to an overall risk management strategy.
1: Well, it it is, Alan. I mean, cyber resilience has to be part of your overall risk management and business continuity planning. So building that into the way that C-levels need to engage with boards, these are the types of terms that they need to be talking about and really analyzing and assessing to make sure that they can bounce back from cyber.
0: Where does cyber resilience fit in an organization's strategy to protect the customer's privacy?
1: Well, it's it's integral, okay, to the protection of privacy as well as data, but certainly from privacy. Without a strong cyber resilience capability, you know, the next attack is just around the corner and that attack could destroy an organization. The CSOs and CISOs of this world have a very big challenge and they're basically they're one breach away from being fired. And every single CISO I ever speak to tells me that that that's their biggest challenge at this stage. So cyber resilience, when it's done correctly, it can definitely help you to prepare, prevent and detect and respond to known and unknown. Threats to make sure you keep the wheels of business in motion.
0: How does a CIO balance between the need to protect customer data and the requirements on on the CIO to lead the implementation of an enterprise-wide resilience strategy?
1: It's a good question because it's something that's, you know, certainly at a CIO level, the engagements that I've been having is all around this notion of zero trust or zero trust frameworks. So the challenge that CIOs have here is balancing the overall security controls that are required to stay cyber resilient against the controls that end users want. And what the end users want is effectively zero touch. They don't want to be logging into multiple systems, VPNs, trying to get access and prove their identity. They want to be able to seamlessly get access to the information they need to get their jobs done efficiently. So CIOs have this really big challenge between implementing zero trust, where effectively nothing is tr- trusted and everything is deemed to be hostile, compared to what the end users want, which is a zero touch experience. And this is a, you know, something that's a, a big challenge today for CIOs.
0: What is your advice to business leaders, Okay, very specific business leaders, when it comes to balancing the needs for innovation, resilience, and of course, the protection
1: of customer data? So innovation is an interesting one. So I work with a lot of organizations today who are at the forefront of innovation. They are technically advanced. They've got technological paradigm shifts that are coming in with regards to things like quantum computing, artificial intelligence, machine learning capabilities, et cetera. And if you are able to bring in that sort of innovation into your organization, you can, you can realize amazing changes to the way that you operate. But with that innovation comes challenges, right? So being on the bleeding edge of technology does increase the threat surface or the, the threat footprint because you've got to make sure that whatever you're bringing into your organization, whatever tools, assets, data, applications, devices, it might even be IoT devices, security has to be at the forefront of everything that you do as an organization. So balancing that, that need for innovation with security front of mind is something that's really, really important for business need- leaders to uh, really adopt and address effectively
0: problem with the cyber security is there are a lot of players out there, providers out there in the market, including BlackBerry. For CIO and CISO trying to balance between this innovation resilience and data protection, how do they ascertain whether what's the complement, I guess, of uh, different solutions and technologies that would, would help them meet the, the desires for innovation resilience and the protection of customer data without overwhelming the IT or the security team or overburdening the budgets that are already strained during the COVID pandemic.
1: I think when you look at the overall cyber resilience, I mean there are lots and as you mentioned, there are lots of different tool sets in there. Some are good, some do some jobs, some some provide for insight. So if you t- start talking about, you know, SEAM solutions or CASB solutions or zero trust network access or endpoint protection or endpoint detection and response. Uh there's a new term which is doing the rounds now, uh, which is gaining a lot of momentum and Blackbees part of that momentum is around extended detection response. So it's really looking at every single asset that you have in an organization. When I package, try and package it down for, for CISOs and CIOs, I ask them, and we, we look at you know managing the assets, managing the data, managing the people, the applications, and the network. And once you've got insight into all of those different things, that then allows you to bring in a data lake of context. And that data lake is really, really powerful when you start to add machine learning models to that data lake to be able to make informed decisions about trust. So as soon as you start to see anomalies in your network, you can make informed decisions and bring the security front of mind onto that asset. The challenge that security operations teams face now is, you know, there's this sort of alert fatigue or what we in the industry call false positives. And having the ability to be able to prevent things before they happen really helps you to reduce those false positives or your stock team basically having to sit in front of a, you know, a monitor all day and try and ascertain what alerts are important and what threats are real. My guidance to organizations would be to look for vendors who are able to reduce that fatigue for you, are able to give you deep insight into what's happening on your entire network as well as through to your supply chain, your partners and your customers, not just your employees, but everything end to end and make sure that security is front of mind for everything that you use.
0: Uh, BlackBerry is known for the devices. This is uh, about more than a decade ago, the smart devices and for securing email. Arguably, it's a claim to fame. How does BlackBerry fit into an organization's cyber resilience strategy?
1: Surprisingly, I get asked this question a lot. So, so I've been at BlackBee for eight years, and I've seen an amazing pivotal shift from effectively a hardware security vendor to now what's a billion-dollar cybersecurity company. So we did a strategic shift and a pivot towards software and to security services. That started, you know, arguably around about sort of 2014, maybe 2016 with a, a few acquisitions and also building in AI and machine learning into everything we do. You know, so BlackBerry today is, it leverages Cylance AI, which is an acquisition that we completed in 2018 and really integrated that in 2019. And now in 2021, BlackBerry is a top tier cybersecurity company, which delivers cybersecurity services for all organizations and governments across the world. And we also, lead in a number of other different kind of elements as well some people don't know but we are at the moment in 175 million cars globally so BlackBerry software and security uh, helps to protect things like the connected car the International Space Station medical devices which are doing critical surgery on on patients those types of devices mission critical type things where security is front of mind you'll find that BlackBerry software and services are all over those
0: Jonathan, thank you for joining me on podcasts for Future CIO.
1: Great. Thank you for having me, Alan. Always a pleasure.
0: That was Jonathan Jackson, Director of Sales Engineering for Asia Pacific and Japan at BlackBerry on the topic of winning combinations in privacy and resilience. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a weekly free newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.